This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. We're all set for a Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. You know what that means. It's a Wesley Wednesday, and we've got a lot of other stuff going on as we come to you from Studio B at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome into No Appointment Radio. Our podcast today has some great guests. David Wesley, of course, as we mentioned. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. We're going to talk college football and touch upon that big news this week. And we've got plenty of Saints news to, to get through as the Saints are back to work and heading for that showdown with Tennessee this weekend in hopes of having themselves a winning record uh, through nine weeks. So we've, we are stacked up, ready to go. Uh, the Pelicans are now 0-4, unfortunately. They lose last night 103-94 to the Orlando Magic. Um, I hope that you were able to hear Coach Gentry last night on the Pelicans radio network. Uh, he's not happy. He's frustrated. They've got work to do. There's some issues here on top of the injuries that the uh, Pelicans are going to have to get themselves right before seeing Atlanta at the Smoothie King Center on Friday. And uh, we're going to have a very con- candid conversation today with David Wesley about the current state of things with the Pelicans, even though they're only four games in. Um, so great conversation there with regard to, uh, to the Pelicans. On the Saints side, boy, what a wrinkle we got yesterday in that uh, Tennessee fires their head coach, Ken Wisenhunt, out, and uh, Mike Malarkey will now uh, be the interim head coach. Their quarterback situation's a little funky because of injury, so is it... Is it going to be Mariota? Is it going to be Mettenberger? Um, this is a this is a little unique matchup against a team that only has one win. Um, Sean Payton was asked it earlier today by our own John DeShazer about what it does to preparation this week with a coaching change happening literally, you know, the day before the full week begins, a Tuesday firing, and then you've only got a couple of days to get ready. This was from the conference call this morning with head coach Sean Payton. think, yes, it's happened. I, I mean, there's been a handful of examples where all of a sudden you have there's a new head coach. Maybe he's on offense or he's on the defensive side of the ball. And you know what? There'll be some wrinkles. There'll be some things that we haven't seen. Um, just like there are every week. Uh, only, you know, it, it, it comes from, in his case, uh, Mike's got an offensive background. I'm sure there'll be some things he wants to do offensively that would be fairly normal. We're going to hear more from Sean Payton a little bit later in our show today. Uh, there's no doubt during this three-game win streak that Benjamin Watson has been a significant factor. Um, and there was a lively conversation between the uh, members of the media and Coach Payton this morning about Benjamin Watson that I do want to share with you before we wrap up on this Wednesday. Uh, it's a Drew Brees Wednesday as well. He'll speak to the media this afternoon and a full day of work for the Saints as they prepare for the Titans. We've got so much on our plate, I want to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, have our Pelicans conversation with David Wesley. Then we'll talk about uh, college football and LSU as they're squarely in the championship picture right now, and they have a huge game this weekend against Alabama. Pat Forty will help us with that. And then, as we mentioned, we'll talk about Benjamin Watson in our final segment. Stay with us. The Pelicans Pick 6 Plan, presented by Domino's, is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your pick six plan today. 
All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first class golf to fan pleasing fun and of course lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Guess what day it is. Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. All right, a Wesley Wednesday gets really geared up now because actually we bring in David Wesley here in our segment on the Black and Blue Report. It is a Wednesday, David. Welcome back. Glad you're with us today. Yeah, it's, it's good to be here. It'd be better to be here on a better note as far as the Pelicans go, but uh, it's good to be on the radio with you. Yeah, 0-4 is, uh, is a difficult start, to say the least. Now, after watching Golden State beat Memphis by 50 the other night, I felt a little bit better about the way things went in the first week in acknowledgement that you played the hottest team in the world right now uh, twice in your opening week. But then we saw last night's game and, and you know, the loss to the Magic at, ni- at 103-94 um, kind of erased that feeling I had, and, and I feel more like 0-4, don't you? I, you know, I, I don't, and I'm, and I'm trying not to be on that knee-jerk. You know, playing in this league lets you realize, you know, not too high, not too low kind of situation. And coming into this season, I said they could be 0-3, and I didn't even look at what was after that. I just said they could be 0-3 and it not be a bad 0-3. Two games on the road against two Western Conference teams, uh, and then three games versus the defending champions. That's not a bad 0-3. What's starting to show up to me is more of like what you're seeing just out of individual players. Forget new system, new thing, and and um, new coaches and players being hurt. What I'm seeing out there right now is there's so much uncertainty in what they're doing. They're not playing hard. And when you bring in an Orlando team, Coach Pascals, who over the over their first three games, they've at least played hard. At the end of the game, they didn't know where to go with the ball because they don't have that go-to guy, which is why I think they lost. A couple of bad plays, not smart, celebration, getting full of themselves. But they play hard. And last night, the Pelicans didn't play hard. Yeah, for the last three games, four games in the second half, all of a sudden you get this resurgence of effort, energy, and that. But for 48 minutes, these guys aren't playing at that level that it takes to win NBA games. I think that's more glaring to me because I get that they have to figure out, they have to get in shape, they have to learn this, learn each other, the whole bit, and the injuries. But at least go out and play hard for 48 minutes. Then you give yourself a chance. And right now, in my opinion, they haven't been 
in any of the games. They've made comebacks. But, well, the second Golden State game was much better, obviously. But the other three games, they've been coming back from 20-plus point deficits that that's just too much work. And a team that's unsure, it's not going to happen. So I really think somehow somebody in that locker room has got to say, you know what, at least play, let's play hard while we're trying to figure all this out. Yeah, there may be a, need, a little need for some leadership at the moment. I think that's that's a valid point. Um, and, and, of course, everything that we're going to talk about from here on in this conversation is going to be based on or look through the lens that you just prescribed, which is, you know, getting outworked last night in your – and I want to paraphrase, but I think that's what you're saying. Um, so yeah. if you were to if you're to take that lens and then let's, let's focus on each end of the floor here, um, defensively, what's what's not going well for this team other than what you just said i mean there's obviously some other things that play into this so defensively what doesn't look right as well i i heard someone say and i can't remember which player it was and not on this team but on another team talking about okay they were on, they're on a team that also is going up tempo and the first thing he said is i'm more of a defensive player and when i get to the defensive end i don't have that starch i don't have that that, that energy to continue to play at that level because we're running so much and I have to get in better shape. What I'm seeing is some uncertainty and some to the point where maybe they're not in shape yet to play both ends of the floor, and you really, really see it on the defensive end. You also see it on the offensive end because no one can make a shot, and I don't think they have the legs for it. But defensively, there are wide-open shooters, there are drives to the basket uncontested, and the anchor of their defense might be the biggest culprit of that, and that's Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. He has He's had some drive-bys and some glaring defensive breakdowns that you didn't see in the past three years. And I just think he's too tired to get a defensive stance. And that's that's not a good thing to say, but... This, this defense right now is not even close to guarding people in anywhere. In the, in, the, in the three games coming into Orlando, the starting backcourt was averaging 54 points or something on 50-some percent shooting and almost 50% from three. And then they've given up at least a 30-point score every night from the perimeter. That is, that is saying something about the commitment to defense and, yeah, everybody wants to run, but if you want to be Golden State-like, you got to defend, too. And that's – but you know what? They have – Golden State is the difference between running teams that we've always seen, the ones that get up and down and they just try to outscore you, and a team that's able to win a championship being that style because they can defend. And if we're going to be that type of team, we have to find a way to, to guard people. And right now, it's just not getting done. No, the latest last night, Evan Fournier's career high thirty uh, for the Orlando Magic. Um, okay, offensive side of the ball. And I don't mean to cut you off, but that's two career highs uh, in the Portland game and last night, and then uh, a career high first half for Steph Curry, and then two points off or a point off his career high in this in the third game. So we're giving up a ton from the perimeter. Yeah, without a doubt, there's no doubt about that. Um, and that slow start, uh, you know, last night. If you look at the box score, the Pelicans win the second, 
Um, no, excuse me. Lose by three in the second, win the third by five, and tie in the fourth. So you have to go all the way back to the first, where it was 28-17. to 17. These slow starts, as I'm sure, are going to be a part of what you are thinking offensively for the Pelicans right now. Well, offensively, um, and we, we talked about it before we came on, but, you know, a little bit, it's just that uncertainty. Like, like where do I go? What do I do? Uh, is it my turn to shoot? Um, some, and some, some, maybe some bad shot choices. Like, you know, you get into that, it's my turn. I haven't taken a shot in a while. Uh, they couldn't hit a three in the first half, and then they fell in love with the three, didn't shoot a free throw in the third quarter. Uh, fell in love with the three because they hit a few, and it was either all or nothing. It was either a three-pointer or or nothing. And, you know, they're, they're not, there's not enough offensive rebounding. They're crashing the boards. Like, there's just so much um, disconnect with, with the offensive unit right now. And, and for some reason, that second unit seems to be playing with a little more passion, a little more, um, you know, flow than even the first unit at times. So, you know, it, it, and again, this is a work in progress. But somebody's got to grab somebody and say, okay, look, this is what we, we got to do. We got to continue to work. And you, you fear this team, especially because they're, they're, they're fairly young, you don't want them to fall apart. You don't want the team to start fraying, pointing fingers. Well, you're not doing your job. You're not doing your job. Stick together. Keep working. Watch film. Have good practices. And turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about injuries in that locker room because we're not going to make excuses, um, you know, next man up. All these things that you hear. And look, that's the mindset that needs to be happening in that locker room. But, David you can't deny that these injuries are crippling this team right now. And I'm, th- and I'm thinking of one player specifically that you and I have talked about, you know, off air. Um, you know, if, we're, if you and I are going to be objective and be critical about what we're seeing on the floor, we have to include these injuries in the conversation. And, and, and you're talking about Tyreek Evans and to what you're, what you're asking, certainly that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to next man up. We're not complaining, but that's what we're for. We're going to talk about the injuries, and yes, there, there's just it's just it's hard to even imagine that this team without Tyreek, North Cole, Pondexter, um, Ashik, Perkins, like that's almost a starting five sitting on the bench. Yesterday mm-hmm. is shoot around because they don't allow. Through Holiday to go through shoot around, they had nine guys on the floor. They had they had Jamel out there working with with the team because they just don't have enough bodies. That is a problem, and in everything that I've said, you can always throw in. Oh, and by the way, we don't have five six guys that are pretty important to this the, the outcome of, of games and. And that's why we can't win. And and in all of that, you throw in all those things, you still have to play hard. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let me lean on you and your playing experience. Good teams, bad teams, doesn't matter. The question is this. You've got 48 hours, David, before you take a floor again, and it ain't going to be easy against an Atlanta team that's clicking here early in the season. What do you do? What, what do you do as a player? What do you do as a coach? What do you do as a team? 
to try and take the next 48 hours and be better on Friday? Well, I've, I've kind of talked about it a little bit, but watching film and then taking personal ownership. Everybody has to look themselves, look at themselves and say, what am I not doing? What can I do better? Watch film, have two good practices, and then go out there and do it better. I mean, that's, that's, that's the simplified way that you got to think about it. The coaches are going to say, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not doing this. Hey, this is what we're doing good, this is what we're doing good. And you got to take that out and apply it to the next practice. Apply it to the next practice and then go into a, a, the Atlanta game, hopefully with a little more confidence. Um, I don't see confidence on their face. And they could be panicking a little bit, you know, because they're supposed to be, you know, we're coming off a playoffs, uh, playoff year. Uh, everybody's talking about us. We've got a ton of TV games, and, and now we're not winning. You could be a little panic out there. And everybody's trying to find themselves. you got one good offensive player a night. Everybody else is, is below average. They got to find a way to have three or four guys that that are playing well on the offensive end of the, the ball. Now, again, some of that stuff is going to take time because they got to figure out where they're going. But they're not even making open shots right now, which makes me think they're either not yet in shape or they're pressing and thinking, "I got to make this." And it's, and it's not that serious. Yeah, you you need to make shots, but not all of them are going to go in and don't over think the fact that, oh, that one didn't go in. Well, the next one will go in. And they got to have that confidence. And I don't see that confidence on the offensive end or the defensive end enough to win games. You probably have answered my last question for you with pieces of your other answers. But I'm looking at the box score again from last night. Anthony Davis is 3 for 12 from the field. Game one, he was 4 of 20. Now, the two games in the middle, he shot 53%. But if you'd have told me, after I watched Anthony Davis last year and then now through the preseason, I spent all of October watching him shoot in game situations and in practice, David, if you would have told me that Davis would have two games like this out of his first four, I'd I'd have told you you're crazy, you haven't been watching. But sure enough, it's happened. So is there anything that you can share with us or scoop into with regard to what's going on with Anthony Davis and and why we're why we've seen these two clunkers offensively is it what you've said just now wrapped up into one player or is there something very specific about Anthony's situation I I I don't know specifically what's going on with Anthony all I know is what has impressed me as much as his overall talent is his energy level and his bounce in shoot-around, is bounce in practice. And then that translates into games where he's all over the place. And with his talent, he is dominated. I've even, I even said coming into the season that he may even challenge for a scoring title until Steph Curry went out and started averaging 37. And I know it's only through four games, but he's lighting the world on fire. People haven't said enough about him. But – Anthony Davis, right now, I don't see that bounce. I don't see that confidence. And while you talk about the first game and the, and the, and the fourth game, the two in the middle, he started off awful. These aren't, these aren't games where he was 8 of 10 and finished, you know, 10 of 17 or 12 of 17 or, or, or something like that. These are the games where he's gone 1 of 9. The game is 
20-point deficit. And then, oh, by the way, I'm in that comeback surge where, you know, I, now I'm getting baskets to go in. He's a part of that slow start, just like the rest of the team. And if they're going to win a game, they need to start with a good start. They, they don't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be a 40 to, you know, a 40 to 27 point quarter. It just needs to be a, a, a 30, 30 point quarter in the game at halftime, like they did in game three, where they were winning the game at halftime. That's good. Now, if they can have that, that same kind of, uh, you know, spark that they've had trying to come back, then maybe they beat Golden State. Maybe not. But it, it just, I don't understand what's going on with Anthony Davis. I just know he doesn't look like Anthony Davis that we've seen for the last three years. No doubt. Okay. Um, I'm hoping we're going to have a much different conversation next Wesley Wednesday. Well, And, again, I know it's overreaction time first week, but you made a lot of great valid points today. And, and, and none of it's bad if it gets fixed. Am I right? Right. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not panicked. I'm just – I'm concerned with the effort. You know, mm-hmm. like all coaches want you to play hard. You could be killing the team, but at least you're out there diving on the floor. You're making hustle plays. I mean, that there was one play where Anthony Davis was running side-by-side side with Deadman, and Deadman outran Anthony Davis and got a dunk. They got when the rebound happened on the other end of the floor. They were at the free throw line together. He outran him and got a dunk. That's not something you see from Anthony Davis. And right. yeah, that's a bad play. And yes, there's not very good stuff going on out there. But if you get that effort, I'm optimistic that this will turn around. And yeah, by next Wesley Wednesday, hopefully, we got two or three wins under under our belt. Okay, back to back this weekend: uh, Atlanta Friday, Dallas on uh, Saturday. Um, let's say that the Drew Holiday back-to-back restrictions are still in place because that seems to be somewhat fluid, but let's say that Drew Holiday can only play one of the two. Who's your starting point guard in the game he doesn't play? I think, I think, I think Ish Smith, uh, you know, I think they both bring something different, Tony Douglas, Ish Smith, but um, Ish seems to have the better stats. He seems to have a, a pretty good flow. Um, I probably would go with Ish Smith, but I think Tony Douglas is, is kind of taking that backup point guard that moves into the starting lineup. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out this weekend. So, other than that, David, how you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> on, my, on my days like this, I, I, I run errands and get stuff done that we can't do when we're working or whatever, but um, so that's, uh, that's about all, you know, taking care of business, running the household. Absolutely. My friend, I appreciate it very much. It's always good to talk to you. And, uh, I think you bring up a lot of great points today. That's for sure. Thank you very much. It was good talking to you and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll have a better conversation and, uh, next week. I'm sure we will. There's no doubt. I have no doubt in my mind. And as you guys come back, it's going to get even better. And uh, we'll just uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. That's the best part about it. You never know what's going to happen. Speaking of never knowing what's going to happen, look at college football right now. Holy smokes. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports will talk college football with us next. And uh, we'll then wrap up a Wesley Wednesday here on the Black and Blue Report. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. 
It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Friday, November 6th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center as the Atlanta Hawks face off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and celebrate Pierre's Fraternity Party, where the kids can get autographs and pictures taken with their favorite local mascots. Tickets start as low as $16 for this fun-filled family event. So don't miss out on any of the action and call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to Black and Blue Report. We'll continue on this Wednesday. We're going to turn our attention to college football. and you, Here in these parts, you really have to, especially with LSU playing at Alabama this weekend. And We welcome back for the first time in a while, and we're very excited to have back Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports. He's a college football guru, not to mention a fellow Cardinals fans. Uh, but you know, aside from that point, it's great to have you, Pat. Thank you, Sean. Good to be with you and a big, big week of college football, especially where you guys are. No doubt about it. I think there are three things that I really want to ask you about today, and we'll try and do this almost in chronological order. Let me take you back to last weekend. A lot has been written and said about this, but I, you know, I've yet to have a chance to ask a guy like you about the Miami-Duke game and what happens from here with regard to the way that game ended, those officials, and the results long term. Yeah, I'm surprised, really, in retrospect, they only got a two-game suspension. And I think that probably hints to the fact that uh, there's a lot of shorthanded conferences out there when it comes to officials, especially officials that are even remotely competent, because if you're going to keep incompetent ones, what you know, what's the rest of the pool look like? Um, you know, I mean, those were egregious errors. I mean, it was an unbelievable play. And, you know, in, in the moment, I was glad that they didn't overturn it because it was so exciting. But on retrospect, after watching, I, I just don't know how you miss the knee being down and the other stuff that went on. And, uh, you know, I, I think that college officiating football and basketball are in a little bit of a crisis because they're just not as good as the fans are demanding and the technology demands. Uh, you know, and we can just see so many errors now that, that they've got to figure out a way to upgrade the officiating pool. With regard to, to that specifically, is this a money situation? Is this Have we reached now a place where those officials need to be full-time employees of somebody, conferences, or the NCAA themselves? Or is it just, you know, we don't have enough guys anymore, or gals for that matter, that want to do it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not sure I would want to be a full-time employee in a job that you only work basically four or five months a year. I'd be bored out of my skull the rest of the time. You can only watch so much training video. 
um, during the, the spring. And, I mean, I guess you could go officiate spring football games, but even that's only a couple of weekends. So I think that you just got to pay them more, enough money that you're going to get good officials and get people demand that they're trained well and find people that, that are, it's going to be worth their time and then and pay them for that. Uh, you know, I just, I'm not sure there's another way unless you want to further expand replay review, which I'm not sure anybody really wants because the games already last an eternity. And uh, they, they do, half the time on replay, you get it wrong. Maybe not half the time, but too often, as we saw blatantly in Durham Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt. Let me ask, let's, let's wrap up that topic with this question. I've had folks tell me this. Hey, look, if it was so egregious that they are suspending an officiating crew now for multiple games, uh, then why wouldn't they change the result? What would you say to that? I just don't think you can do that. There's too many plays that you can go back and if and but over uh, and decide, well, if they had changed that play, it would have changed the difference, so they should change the outcome of the game. I, I, I don't think you can, even though it was the last play and they scored on the last play, you can go back and see whether Duke's quarterback got into the end zone for what had been the winning touchdown. That, you know, there's some question there. I think you would just go down to this, go down this huge rabbit hole of uh, second-guessing and trying to overturn results, and it's just you can't do it that way. Okay. Pat Forty with us here from Yahoo Sports, covers college football with us on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Uh, Pat, we're into that window now where the conversation really heats up with regard to the Final Four, the championship scenario. I know we're a ways off, but golly, how many undefeated teams are there and, and who can make this a mess as we go through the next, say, month or so here? Oh, I think there's a high potential for a mess. We've got 11 undefeated teams. Last year at this time, we had three. Ooh. So, then a lot of them will knock each other off. You know, in the Big 12, they'll all play each other. Uh, in the Big Ten, they will all play each other, at least theoretically. Uh, so, we'll, we will whittle it down. But I think we could end up very easily. I wrote a, about a scenario this week in the 40-yard dash where you could have three unbeatens and seven one-loss teams. And good luck trying to figure that out. And I can't, I mean, the hue and cry about an 18 playoff will be endless. I think Clemson has the best chance of being undefeated. And uh, we'll see where things go from there. Probably the Big Ten champion has a good chance of being undefeated. And I, I would say Ohio State mm-hmm. in that spot. And Memphis, those would be the three I could see unbeaten. And then everybody else ends up with a loss. And how do you sort them out? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you're right. Things are going to start to separate themselves. Somebody's going to get tagged with a loss, and maybe that's LSU. As much as folks down here don't want to talk about it, and there's the transition into our final topic with you, Pat, let's talk about this big game this weekend in Tuscaloosa. What's your, uh, what's your first blush here as to how this matchup goes? Well, I mean, I can't wait. I love watching LSU and Alabama play. I've been to several of their matchups, and there's few things in college football like it because of the intensity, quite frankly, the violence, uh, the way they hit each other. Uh, the athleticism and the talent and the coaching ability on the field. I mean, they it is as good as college football gets in terms of talent. So I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry uh, try to outdo each other running the ball against really good rush defenses. Can't wait to see which quarterbacks uh, maybe who have been shackled and, and kind of held down almost to a degree for parts of the season can make the big plays. And then I can't wait to see, you know, what is Nick – Nick Saban and Les Miles have up their sleeves because especially with with Les, you know, there's always something. So I can't wait for all of those things. 
I find it crazy. Well, let me ask you this question first. Uh, is this the best offensive line college football going against the best defensive line, or am I making this too too big? No, I think that's entirely possible. I mean, they're, they're both sides of the ball. They're great. You've got pros on, all over on both sides, um, and it will be strength against strength right there. Uh, the LSU's offensive line has been extremely good, and the fact of the matter is they only have to be very good most of the time because, or, or playing good because Leonard Fournette's going to do a bunch on his own. Um, but this game, you know, Alabama has the kind of physical specimens who can at least slow him down, and they're going to bring a bunch of hats to the ball. So it will be a challenge for LSU's offensive line. They're going to have to get some holes for him. Well, heck, maybe I'll just be even more dramatic. Let me ask you these two dramatic questions. Does the Heisman Trophy winner come out of this game, and does the SEC champion come out of this game? Uh Possibly. I, I think there's a good chance the Heisman Trophy winner comes out. If Leonard Fournette has a good game especially, I think almost win or lose because I think he's head and shoulders above everyone else at this point. We'll see. I mean, he can't, you know, have 13 carries for 29 yards and, 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 and a loss and hope to win the trophy. But if he plays well, I think he will be in the mix. And then Derrick Henry, he's a little further down the pecking order, I think, but he's certainly got a chance. Uh, and uh, as for the SEC West winner, I think – you know, Ole Miss is still out there with it, holding a win over uh, Alabama as a trump card. So they, I can't say for sure the SEC West winner comes out of this, especially if Alabama wins. Mm, interesting. Um, do you like the fact that both teams try as much as they possibly can to make sure that there's a bye week before their matchup? Oh, yeah. You know, I think <laughs> it's, it's classic, and they should. You know what? I, I mean, I would want all fresh bodies for that game. And then the next week, you just hope you are not so beaten up that, that you can show up. Because if you go back and look, I wrote about this last year. Alabama, I want to say it's been like seven straight games against LSU where they have not scored in the first quarter of the next game. Because they, I, I think there is a legitimate hangover for both teams, a physical and mental hangover coming out of this game. Wow. Good point. Good piece as always. Look, all your stuff's great at Yahoo. What about folks following you on Twitter? Where's the best place to go there? You can find me at Yahoo 40. Um, Yahoo spelled Yahoo and 40, F-O-R-D-E. There you go. One more question for you. Since you're living every college football fan's dream, um, you're going to have a good seat for uh, LSU Alabama this weekend. Out of those other teams that you rattled off earlier, uh, is there one team that you have not seen in person that you are making every effort to try and see before this thing wraps up? Uh, that'd be Baylor. I mean, just mm-hmm. with that crazy offense, and now it may change with the quarterback being out, Seth Russell. But I mean, they're on pace to smash every offensive record in, on the books, basically. So, I, and I haven't seen them in person yet this year because I haven't played anybody. In the next month here, they're going to play a bunch of teams in the Big Twelve. They're all going to play each other. So I hope to see them at some point with a freshman quarterback, Pat. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's <laughs> very good. We'll see if he's up to the task of playing like Seth Russell did, but uh, I, I wouldn't put it past him because that, that system just seems to produce points and yards no matter who's the quarterback. No doubt about it. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, and uh, look, I really appreciate you doing this with us today. I know this is like a crazy week for you. It means a lot. And uh, and I hope we'll get to see each other or, or at least talk to each other here again soon. Thanks very much. Happy to do it. No All right. Problem. Pat Forty with us from Yahoo Sports, college football's guy. Follow him, of course, on Twitter. Check out the website. There's always great stuff he writes every week. In fact, that piece he wrote about the championship committee just a couple days ago is is a must-read. We'll be taking a break. We'll be right back.
Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. <gasps> this is the Black and Blue Report. Don't forget later today to uh, have your Saints mobile app up and ready for Drew Brees' press conference with the media this afternoon and also John DeShazer's visit with uh, different players in the Saints post-practice locker room on this Wednesday. The first injury report of the week also comes out later today. Again, all of it on your Saints mobile app and at NewOrleansSaints.com. As promised, let's go back to this morning's conference call with Coach Payton. I want to share with you uh, this Q&A between the media and Coach Payton about Benjamin Watson. I think that you'll find it. Um, very interesting, especially for a guy who's been such a big piece right now for the New Orleans Saints. Are you even a little? Uh, did you even expect so much kind of diversity from from Ben Watson at this point? I mean, you're sending him out on deep routes, and he's catching, you know, 50 yard passes, and that's something we hadn't really seen in the past. I mean, did you expect that much diversity from him? Uh, so much through this season. Um, I'm trying to think of the 50 yard deep pass. Where he boxed the guy out, Drew rolled out, and he threw it deep. Uh, oh, oh, oh yeah. I, yeah. I got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that, uh, number one, when when you're playing quarterback and you have someone who is very reliable in what they're going to do and also someone who's got very good football instincts, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, we've seen tight ends <clears throat> play – well past their, you know, into their 30s because they understand leverage and they're smart and they've got great hands and they've got real good change of direction. And so Ben's one of those players who's smart. He's got very good football instincts. And I think there's that that rapport or, or that trust that Drew has when he's locating him in the progression or potentially throwing the ball to him, you know, off of a flush pocket. Sean, is, is he kind of a physical, I guess, anomaly? He, he's a guy who, with that age, who, who's a physical specimen, who's always ready to play, always ready to practice. Well, he takes great care of himself. Um, obviously, he, he's someone who, who's got all these things you're looking for. I mean, from a leadership standpoint, his makeup, um, we're fortunate, we're extremely fortunate to have signed him a few years back, and he was one that you know really wasn't a free agent visit it was a phone call he was down at the bahamas and i was on the other line and, and trying to make sure he talked to various players that he knew that uh could at least give him some feedback on our program 
Um, but he, he's been a great addition, and uh, it's it's been exciting to watch just as roles change with each team, with each season. It's been exciting to see uh, his production both in the running game and passing game. Sean, it's uh, Mike Triplett. How come Ben doesn't get these veteran day off? He, he refuses them or he's got too much work to do uh, as a blocker and a receiver? He's in too good a shape, man. I mean, we have to <laughs> – I think that uh, we're, we're careful. Would would what we do in the game plan is Dan will be real sharp and monitor the reps. Sometimes it's easier to do than others. Uh, with that position, it's a little bit more challenging. All right, another conference call with Coach Payton tomorrow morning, and we'll see what comes from that uh, as we put together the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Speaking of Benjamin Watson, he's scheduled to be in studio with us here inside Studio B next week. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that visit, not just because of what we're seeing with him on the field, but he also has a new book coming out um, that is fascinating. So we should be uh, hearing from Mr. Watson right here in Studio B next week. I'll keep you up to speed on what day that will be so you don't miss it. That's going to do it for our show here on this Thursday. We covered a lot of ground. I want to thank Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports for joining us. We don't often get to talk about college football, uh, but we got the chance to do it today, and it was fantastic. And David Wesley, I thought, was dynamite today. And uh, we'll look forward to a good weekend from the Pelicans, maybe get this thing turned around uh, with Atlanta on Friday and Dallas on Saturday. Tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be pretty good because we'll have the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson on, and probably another good piece or two for you. It's one of those deals where we just kind of get it all together for you and uh, set up no appointment radio and produce here from the headquarters. So with that being said, have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow afternoon when it's convenient for you. The podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and you've been listening to the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.